Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Your host, John Frashante. Cosmos Country, welcome back to another episode. On this show, we will review the Cosmos draw against Rayo OKC 1-1. They stopped the Cosmos on their winning ways. With the draw, the Cosmos home streak comes to an end, which is really sad. And then we will talk about Rayo OKC and what their future holds for them. And then we will look ahead to another tough encounter against the Tampa Bay Rowdies, the last game on the current Cosmos homestand. And we will then talk about a latest article by Shep Messing. Yes, our very own Shep Messing. Uh, He wrote a very interesting piece for the Huffington Post. First, let's introduce our co-host. Hopefully, we can have him on a bit more this season. How are you tonight, Gio? Good, you? I'm doing really good. Very excited to have you on tonight. Hopefully, everyone listening is uh, so excited to hear your input on what we're talking about tonight. Uh, let's just start talking about the draw against Rayo OKC. In the first half, Samaras starts out Rayo OKC's goal, uh, fourth minute, and they're on the board early. Samaras is a great player. He really is. I would love to see the Cosmos get him. I know he trained with the Cosmos um, in the offseason, and they didn't pick him for... Various reasons, I think injury-wise, they didn't want to take a chance on that. But he looks like he's really fit. So uh, I would really like to see him with the Cosmos if that could happen. I'm not really sure about his contract situation. But we'll get to Ray OKC a bit later about what's going on with their future. But the players wanted to walk out with the manager. So if he wants to walk out or if he was one of the players, then I wouldn't be surprised if he walked out at the end of the season. Uh, but we, we we would have to wait and see on that one. And then Lucky was dribbling around Ray OKC's defender, and he got tripped. It looked like a very questionable call because the soccer line was, I think it was yellow or vice versa, I forgot. And it didn't look like it was a clear PK call, but the ref got it. What are your thoughts on that call? I know it was like an iffy call. Like he he would just enter in the yellow zone of the the front of the net, and he got tripped or he fell. Yeah, what very. Do you think? Uh, well, see, it's a, a Cosmos call, okay? So I, I just don't want to say it wasn't a PK or whatever. It is what the ref called, but 
I'm not very biased as a fan. I'm not going to say, oh, because it was the Cosmos, that was a, a clear PK call. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. We still have to go with what the ref called. It could go either way. There were so many questionable calls when the Tampa Bay Rowdies came as well, some offside calls and all that. So uh, they do happen in the game. And, yeah, it was just a not a very boring match, but it was back and forth. The Cosmos had so many chances, couldn't capitalize on those chances. What do you think the problem is? Why couldn't the Cosmos find that late goal to continue their home streak going, their winning uh, run on home? I believe it's uh, 10 matches consecutive. Do you think not having great strikers, do you think that's it? Maybe Gio not putting the right starting 11 out? Like I, I really don't want to question Gio's tactics, but... I think he's doing what he could do with the squad. It's not a bad squad, but I think up front, it looks like the team's lacking something. You know, what I think is, uh, is um, they got momentum. They had the ball for a long time. You know, they had control. And um, when they were passing the ball, they were crossing it in the air and they missed the, the plays they wanted to cross it to. And mm -hmm. um, and when they wanted to go to the net, instead of like uh, passing it or setting up somebody and getting the ball back and shoot uh, on net, they missed the net. Mm -hmm. Or maybe some of them has to pick up the slack and a dribble, dribble the ball a little bit around some two plays and get free and shoot mm -hmm. do their own thing like a messy thing. Yeah, I think Geo starting lucky on the wing was pretty smart. Because it was another way how Gio can throw Lucky out there on the pitch. He wasn't starting up front as a sole striker. Arietta, Yasmani, Duke are in those spots. But you bring in Lucky on the wing and he brings so much needed pace on the wing. And you see how important he is to this team. In the spring season, we didn't see any of Lucky. It's like we didn't want to see Lucky start a match, or I did, but Gio and his staff just didn't think it was the right time. And he comes in on the wing, and against Puerto Rico, he was involved in all three of the goals against Puerto Rico. He was dribbling around Ray OKC. That drew to a PK call. So he is a very important player into the squad going into the championship. If we can make it to the championship, he is that player that will lead the charge to get there. And he's so humble, too. He's not the guy that's like, I'm the best player in the world. No, he understands what kind of impact he makes. And he appreciates his teammates and the work they put in week in and week out for the team. So, again, a well-deserved 1-1 draw on both ends. But one thing that Gio and I couldn't look past, if you were at home watching it on uh, TV or if you were watching it on the stream, via One World Sports Online and so on, or if you were at the match, you could see this clearly, was the attendance. And a lot of people don't like to talk about the attendance and they don't like to talk bad about the club and so on. We love the club. We love the club and we love what they're trying to do. And we love the future of the team. We love what the future is going to hold for the team. For us, talking about the attendance is us caring about what's going on at the moment. 
So when the Cosmos drew two thousand, I, I, I think I think it was a little over two thousand geo at the match at home against Ray OKC. It should be a big draw. If you know soccer or if you follow the sport worldwide, you're like, well, Samaras is in town. Derek Boateng is in town. These are not like Messi's or, or Ronaldo's, but these are some big names that people should be going and watching play. I know, okay, they're not the home team. You can't see them on a consistent basis, but does it matter? You see what other sports they go see the opposing team. They go support the other players. Why aren't we seeing more more supporters at the match? It's a Sunday, 4 p.m. It should be a nice time. It was a nice day, nice weather. It's in smack in the middle of the summer. Why is there no one there? Why? Hey, I think it's because uh, maybe they don't... Um promote the game or promote the home games, bring people to the stadium with their families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe do something like with uh, get two tickets or a few tickets with the family with free food. You know what I'm saying? Or like uh, you get a ticket deal and you get like uh, a $10, not a coupon, but you get like a $10 like cash to spend in the stadium for yeah, anything. Like Cosmo cash, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like it's each season, and we're not going to get into like an attendance or stadium discussion. Uh, maybe we'll do that in the, in the next couple of weeks. But I want to see the Cosmo, like the final game. Like the final game? Yeah, the atmosphere that they have there every that single was, week. Everybody was standing up, excited, fun, you know? Yeah, if they can replicate that on a consistent basis, no, no matter where you play, it was packed. you will get people in the door and you may have like what Indy had. I think Indy 11 had in like their first year, I think it was, or before their first year. I think they had like a waiting list for season ticket holders. So you have like over like 10,000 season ticket holders. And then you have like a waiting list for people that want to be a season ticket holder. That's massive. And I don't see the Cosmos having that. I just don't know how many season ticket holders they actually have. You know what I mean? So uh, that's a very weird one. Yeah, but it was fun that night at the at the final, no? At at the final? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like all rock stop um what do you call it? like uh, visiting the game, watching the game it was Alessandro Nesta, the owner of OKC. Yeah. You know? Mhm. No. But the championship match I feel and that was the first one that I encountered I think you meet a lot of cool people there. There's tons of people throughout the league there. It was electric. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a great time. I didn't but, even feel the cold that night. Yeah, so it, it was a great night. Like I said, if the club can replicate that, it'd be cool. That was great. But uh, yeah, we just need to work on getting people to the stadium. And like what Gio said, it starts with marketing. It starts with promoting the team. In the first year, we saw some of that. They probably thought that it was gonna that they were just gonna bring people in the door and they were gonna be fans that way, which. At the time, that probably sounded like a good idea, but we're seeing the club go down each single year at Hofstra, and that's something that I hope changes over the course of the next couple of months, but we will break it down. We, we will have some opinion pieces, and we still do have opinion pieces on our, our website, firstteampod.com. We have a serious, three-part series, and I wrote all three of them. 
two are out at the moment. Three is being written at the uh, at the moment as well. And I am sort of breaking down the three potential homes that the Cosmos should be considering this off season, and they're probably talking about it right now. So you should check it out right now. Firstteampod.com. Number one is uh, Mitchell Field. Number two is MCU Park, and number three you can catch out by Friday. Uh, so moving on on our list of topics to discuss is Ray OKC. The Cosmos faced them. They look like a very sound team. They look like they were together, and they they brought in a new coach because, and this is something that I think a lot of people just didn't pay attention to, was on Monday last Monday, on Radio OKC's website they announced that they uh, that Alan Morcina, their manager or their former manager and their first manager in Radio OKC history, resigned because he wasn't on board with. Uh, the the plans for the future. So what happened with Rayo OKC is that Rayo Vallecano, their chairman, Preza, who is the owner of Rayo Vallecano, owns a majority stake in Rayo OKC. He came in and is sort of talking to the people in the states about the new vision for the club. So the minority owner, the managing partners, and they weren't on board. So the managing partners left. And most of the front office left, and two were there, and they accepted, I think it was like 25 to 40% decreases in their salary. That's really crazy. How can you have two front office people there, your only staff members for the club, and they're there on a decreased salary? So that's really sad. Alan Marcina left. He wasn't on board with what's happening. Probably the team was going down, and it's still going down. Uh, downhill at the moment and uh, they brought in a quality manager he has so much experience he was a former assistant technical director for Rayo Vallecano and he got a result that they needed I did not think Rayo OKC fans thought they were coming to New York to get the full three points but getting a point on the road he got the job done he got what he should have got at Hofstra and that's what he's paid to do. And it's really sad to see what's going on with Rayo OKC. They say that uh, the change of plans and those plans are probably limited resources. Those plans are probably a limited budget and so on. The players wanted to walk out with the coach and the coach had to say, you have contracts to fulfill. And the biggest question is, is the team going to be around next year? That's the biggest question. Gio, what do you think? Do you think we see Ray OKC around next season with what's going on? Limited budget, firing people, you only have two staff members, and Ray Vicano is in the second division. Do you still see them investing in the team, or do you see them potentially selling and trying to make a profit, or what do you see? I think they will stay. Why do you think that? They're not bringing positive things to Oklahoma. I think they're a great team. They play great with against the Cosmos. They play good with other teams. What do you think? They're going to sell the team, get rid of everybody? I think if everything goes the way it's going at the moment, okay, on, on, on the field, if you didn't know anything about what's going on, you're like, well, that's a great team. Everything is going the right way. And uh, they look like a great team. But 
off the field, there's so many problems. There, there's just so many unknowns, and that's the worst part. And if you if you're the league, you need to get in there as soon as possible. You need to try to fix this problem, fix this team, because the league can't have a team go out of business when you're trying to compete with MLS. And some people might say, well, okay, you're in your sixth year as a league. How can you be competing with MLS? I think it all started in the Open Cup when we started comparing NASL MLS. That's when it first started. Are we winning that battle? I don't think we are. The league, MLS is way better, no matter how you put it. Yep. No matter how you put it. Uh, so the league has to go in there, fix the problem, try to get Ray Vallecano out of there, and sell the club, sell it to some local owners, and that person would probably or hopefully uh, make the team a competitor and bring the team to where it should be and be successful in their own market. So let's look ahead to the Tampa Bay match against the Rowdies. Last time the Cosmos will face the Rowdies three times. We face most of the teams each season, and it is the last match, and it's going to be very exciting. It really is. I think we're going to get a taste of how it was at Al Lang Stadium. Bill Edwards is really upset. The, the, the players are upset, the manager, because for some reason, Gio, the Rowdies really wanted three points. I don't understand. They were down to nothing. They tied up 2-2. Why do they deserve three points? Why do they deserve that third goal at Allang Stadium? I don't know. Like, how do they think they deserve the three points? I just can't understand that. But nevertheless, it's going to be a very intense match. Joe Cole, Tom Heineman, all these top players. Was that the game with the play for the... They pulled the guy's shirt for the Cosmos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was no card for that. Yeah, so that was a match. Some missed calls. Bill Edwards got upset, and I, I can just feel how he, upset he is, but I don't think the Rowdies really got bad calls against them. I think they were fair calls, uh, but it, it wasn't just in the Cosmos match. They created a video. The Rowdies created a video, and the supporters are calling it the mixtape, Bill Edwards' mixtape. And <laughs> so it's all these clips of all the missed calls against the Rowdies and some music in the background. So if you didn't check it out, go watch it. It's really, it's really funny how they get upset about that. Uh, but, yeah, Tampa Bay coming in town. It's going to be an really heated rivalry. I would not want to be that ref uh, calling Rowdies Cosmos. Imagine you're the ref stepping on the field to ref that very intense match. Do something wrong, you're going to be hated on. You're, It's like calling a derby matchup in Italy or in England. That's how intense it is. Even though, okay, it's New York, Florida... But it's a very, very intense rivalry. It goes back to back in the day. And that's what's so great about the Cosmos history and so on. Uh, so uh, what are you looking forward to in this match, Gio? 2-1 Cosmos. I'm going to go with a yeah 2-1. And my keys to the match is number one. Cosmos need to score first. Because I feel if they don't score first, and we saw this against Ray OKC... They just didn't score first, and they were struggling at home. For the first time, Radio OKC made them struggle. 
And yeah, but two one Cosmos kind of scary. Yeah, but I feel that the Cosmos are gonna score first, and probably the the Rowdies will score an equalizer within the first half, and then you would have that second half battle, which should be very exciting, and that's what makes the the match. Very interesting. We all can't wait to Saturday night at Short Stadium. It's going to be a great match. But score first, number one for the New York Cosmos. We will control the match if we do that. If the Rowdy score first, then uh, it's not that I, I can't see us winning. It's that I can't see us uh, controlling the match and playing our game. And number two is the defense needs to be solid. It really needs to be solid. Throughout the past couple of matches on the road, it wasn't at home, shaky, uh, but we got decent results. And that's all you ask for from your back line. Uh, so the back line needs to be solid. And number three, it's for the supporters. <laughs> it's fill up the stadium for a Rowdies match. That's the third key, is to be loud, get into the Rowdies players' faces, and really, really uh, make them feel like they're not wanted at Short Stadium. That's what I ask all Cosmo supporters listening to this podcast. We will talk to Spencer, who covers the Rowdies for Total NASL. I really appreciate him coming on the show and his time. Here he is, the one and only Spencer. I'm joined by Spencer, who covers the Rowdies for Total NASL. How are you tonight, Spencer? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's my pleasure to have you on the show, Spencer. Uh, that's sort of talk about the form so far in the fall season for your Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, well, I think it should be better. I mean, where they are, it's not where they want to be. It's not where the fans want them to be. They need to win more games. But after last week's win over Fort Lauderdale, I think we're looking upward, and I think we're going to be doing better, especially since we got uh, Neil Collins back there in the back line. Uh, we really missed him. Um, but now that he's back in the back line, back from injury, I think we'll uh, have better form. And uh, going into this match, it's very exciting. It's the last encounter of the regular season. Each team plays each other three times except Puerto Rico, and this is the last regular season encounter. Most likely, if everything goes uh, the Rowdies' way, we may face each other in the championship. Hopefully not, but it will uh, be a bit more exciting then, but what are you looking uh, forward to in this match? You're going to the Cosmos. It's not always easy to play there. So are you expecting three points from the Rowdies, or are you expecting a draw? I think in the NASL, any team should go into any league expecting three points because of how even the league really is. So I expect the Rowdies to get a win. I think it's going to be a good match. It's going to be a good rematch from the last match where we can call it the mixtape the mixtape match. (laughs) But I think it'll be a good match. We do always have trouble going to New York and playing and I think we just always have trouble playing on turf in general. So it'll be a good matchup and see how the team responds from the last game playing around. I mean the Cosmos. Talking about the mixtape, if some listeners just don't know what Spencer's talking about, uh, there was some missed calls after the Cosmos-Rowdies match at Al Lang Stadium, and uh, Bill Edwards, their owner, came out and sort of blasted the league, 
and he got fined for that well-deserved rice mentor. And then, uh, yeah, and then now today, Pro came out, and they released a statement. I don't know if you heard of this, uh, Spencer, but their Pro's uh, general manager, Peter Walton, has issued the following statement. In a partnership with the USSF and the CSA, Pro continues to develop match officials for the professional game. Along the way, there will be some setbacks, but our ultimate aim is to produce world-class match officials for all professional soccer in North America. And then in return, Bill Edwards released a statement saying that we like to thank pro referees for looking into our complaint regarding our regarding the officiating in our July 23rd match against the Cosmos. I appreciate that pro referees is committed to providing world-class match officials and will continue to address concerns. Don't you think this is a right time that this all came out leading up to the Cosmos matchup this weekend? I think it's a good statement and timing of the statement. And I think Bill Edwards might be biting his tongue when he wants to say that about pro referees. But I think it's a good time. And hopefully knowing of what happened last time, the officials that were addressed to the game coming up are uh, better than before or know that this game is going to be looked into hard for officiating stands. Yeah, for sure. I would not want to be that referee called upon <laughs> to uh, to ref this very, very intense matchup. It's the last time we're going to meet each other this season. So uh, in the past, controversial calls in Tampa – controversial calls at home for the first matchup as well. Uh, I think there was a missed goal call, I believe, in the first encounter, if I'm wrong, or offside or something like that, uh, which if you look back and forth, Bill Edwards is probably uh, being upset about that one. But who knows? Maybe they mess up this time around. But if they do, if the pro refs do mess up this time, Bill Edwards is going to come out and get mad as well. So, who knows what's going to happen, but hopefully it is a fair uh, a fair match both ways. What are your match predictions, uh, uh, Spencer, for the match? I honestly think we're going to come out and it'll probably end either 2-1 in Cosmos' favor or 1-1 in our favor. I just don't see our team scoring more than one goal. It's really a, a struggle that the Rowdies have. And playing on the turf and in New York it's just in history's past hasn't been that great so I think I'm hoping for a draw coming out but I do give the Cosmos a little bit of advantage playing on the turf at home just our team is a struggle there we're the best at home so I really can't see the Rowdies coming in and actually beating us but uh, a draw could be a fair result let's just talk about the Florida Cup real quick uh, Spencer uh, the Rowdies in, in the past week have been announced. They're going to be involved in the Florida Cup. Al Lang Stadium is going to be one of the venues. What are your thoughts on that, and uh, why do you think that helps the Rowdies brand in the future? I think it's a very exciting opportunity for the Florida Cup and the Rowdies and the NASL. Um, as great teams are going to be coming to St. Pete, uh, three matches are going to be played at Al Lang and uh, one's already been announced of River Plate versus Wolfsburg, which is a Bundesliga side versus a uh, South American side. 
But uh, those are two teams that you can watch on, you know, Fox Sports 1 and stuff like that who play in the, the highest tiers across the world, and they're going to be coming to our backyard and watching that. And same for the Rowdies. Fans of these teams that the Rowdies might play are going to, you know, look them up on Twitter, look them up on Google, the Internet, and find out about them, and it's going to have great exposure and hopefully good exposure for the league also for future references so we can get new fans and more people to have more eyes on the Rowdies and the league. And I believe they announced that there's going to, or there's two teams from each country so far, so they're sort of saying that there's going to be a second U.S. club. Uh, do you think that's going to be maybe any NASL club, MLS? What are your thoughts? I think it will have to be an MLS side just because they want to say that they have a Division One team. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, the Cosmos could play in it. Yes. You know, uh, Puerto Rico could play in it. Indy 11 could play in it. That'd still be great. But I think, honestly, it's probably going to be an MLS side. Do you think you guys can compete with these teams? Like, if you're drawn up with um, River Plate and all these top clubs, Wolfsburg, do you guys think you guys can go head-to-head with these uh, clubs on any day? Being it is going to be preseason for us, and then uh, they're going to be some of those teams are going to be mid of their season, and they're going to be having partial squads. I would say uh, with maybe a star or two playing, and then you know some youth or people I don't see normal eleven. Uh, I think we'll have a good chance. I mean, we were talking about world class organizations and teams. Um, I think on any day. Uh, any team can win, but it'll be interesting to see how we line up against them and then if we take it, you know, completely serious or if we're going to see it as a true preseason match or see where we are and play certain players. But uh, it well, just all depends on each side of how strong of a side we're going to put out and they're going to put out. Well, it's preseason. Uh, I mean, I think for the Rowdies, they will put out a stronger squad because they should probably want to prove themselves against some top talent. But for the foreign clubs, like you said, it's the middle of their season. So I just can't see them coming here and actually bringing their stars. I just think there's just seeing this as growing their brand, more exposure, which is what every club tries to get, especially the Rowdies as well. And I don't know, best of luck to the Rowdies. It was a great thing for the Rowdies to be involved because it grows the league as well, even though... Maybe half the people that listen to the show really don't like the Rowdies as a whole, as the club. But you guys are representing the league when you go and face these top clubs. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's great for the league. And even when, you know, you know, an example in Fort Lauderdale was making it into the Open Cup. I mean, I honestly can't say I like Fort Lauderdale at all, but I was rooting for them because it's a good for the league for a team to push that far into that. So I think it's just great for the league in general that the Rowdies are participating in this. And if the Cosmos were to participate in it or uh, something likewise, I mean, I would support them because it's great for the league and to grow and move forward into the future. Thanks, Spencer, for coming on. Everyone can follow him on Twitter at Spencer underscore NASL. He's going to tweet tons of stuff about the match, probably from a Rowdies point of view and hating the Cosmos. But uh, thanks, Spencer, for coming on the show, and, and uh, hopefully it is a very enjoyable match to watch. Hopefully no refs take sides as well. Thank you for having me. Great pleasure. Thanks, Spencer, for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Two more topics before we close out the show. AOL Sports is going to stream 
this weekend's match against the Tampa Bay Rowdies for free on their website, AOL Sports. That's where you can check out the match. And I don't know how on board I am with this. It's going to bring in new supporters, Geo. But I don't know how many people really go on AOL Sports. I know I don't. I have never known they had an AOL.